We're back here on a Friday evening. Uh, we're both now back on campus here at uh, Quinnipiac. Uh, NBA stuff, obviously Super Bowl in a little over a week. So we're going to get our NBA stuff in now before the Super Bowl stuff. Uh, we'll start off talking about probably the two best rookies so far, or at least two of the top few rookies, uh, Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton of the Sacramento Kings, and obviously Lamella Ball. Um, I mean, who do you think has been better so far? Who do you think has more potential in the future? Who's better at what? Who's got who's in the better situation? I mean, career trajectories, all that. I mean, what's your what's your first take? Yeah, so I mean, looking at the two, um, they're so I was looking at their stats and they basically have the same stats. I mean, just looking at basic stats, um, they both average eleven points a game. Uh Lamelo is eleven points, six rebounds, six assists, and then Tyrese is 11 points, three rebounds, five assists. So they're basically averaging the same stats. Their PER is basically the exact same. Tyrese is 16.8 and LaMelo is uh, 16.1. Um, so they're both having, I mean, PER, that's player efficiency rating. Um, so they're both pretty good in that, especially for rookies. Uh, LaMelo's, he's, he's not starting. Um, I'm not, I don't think Tyrese Halliburton's starting either, but he's playing, he's playing 28 minutes a game and LaMelo's only playing 24. He's, and he's playing in crunch time while Lamelo's not. And that could also be because of Tyrese Halliburton's defense, which Lamelo doesn't have. But he's clearly playing uh, – he's playing four minutes more, but he's playing in crunch time a lot. Uh, he's in their closing lineup for the Kings. And just looking at through – Tyrese has played 15 games and Lamelo's played 18 games. So, again, basically the same. I would say just looking at from what I've seen, I'd say Tyrese has definitely played better. I think Lamelo and we both said this, we both picked Lamelo for Rookie of the Year. But I think we both picked it because we saw LaMelo having, like, the better – maybe the better stats, but, like, more highlight plays and more hype clearly about him. I mean, you, every single night he plays, there's always highlights about it uh, and playing. But I think so far, I think Halliburton's been better. I mean, he can handle the ball like LaMelo can, but he can also play off the ball. He's much he's much more efficient, especially from three. I think LaMelo's 30% and Halliburton, I think, was 45%. Uh, he can play defense, which LaMelo can't. He's in those closing lineups, like I said. So he's doing a lot more in the game than LaMelo is. Uh, but again, like I said, I think LaMelo would probably still win rookie of the year because of the highlights and maybe the stats at the end of the year. But right now, I'd say Halliburton's just playing better overall. Yeah, no, I'm completely in agreement here. Halliburton and Ball, they're around the same. Uh, I mean, they've, again, both of them don't start. They both play about 24 to 28 minutes. Uh, but yeah, Halliburton's a better overall player as of right now, at least. I th I would still say Lamelo probably has the higher potential, but I mean that's in theory because you know if he's going to reach his ceiling, Lamelo has to play defense um, to an elite level, and you know he'll probably have to shoot the three ball at an elite level as well. Halliburton's been a better three point shooter on more attempts so far in the year, or at least on, on average, uh, than Lamelo by far. I mean, because of defense, three-point shooting, you can play LaMelo. I mean, so you can play Halliburton at the beginning of the game, at the end of the game. LaMelo, not as much. I'm going to say Halliburton's definitely had the better start. Uh, who do I think is going to have the better, you know, career itself? I mean, it really depends on – honestly, I mean, I could – you could legitimately argue, like, neither. Uh, they're both in pretty bad situations, obviously. You know, Charlotte's looking like it might get better. I guess same with Sacramento. You know, if you look at like De'Aaron Fox, who's obviously a really good point guard, 
you know, maybe the, those situations get better, but just, you know, if you look at their track record historically, uh, I'm not holding out hope that either of these situations are, you know, championship winning. So it's going to be tough for both of them really to get into, you know, competitive basketball, at least in the playoffs. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean, so far I definitely take Halliburton's performance over Lamelo's. We'll see who's the better player, you know, in, in 10 years, it'll be interesting. Uh, and again, it's really tough to judge their careers off of, you know, 20 games, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, like looking at the draft, uh, LaMelo was picked third, Tyrese was picked 12th, and there really was no like clear cut number one pick this year. I mean, like that's what the discussion was. It was those first three picks could have been anyone or even someone who was picked later could have fallen into that top three. But I, it definitely seemed like, I mean, Halliburton, for him to drop to 12, and I think we talked about this when the draft happened, but for him to drop to 12 was pretty, it was a pretty big drop off. I mean, you had teams, possibly the Knicks, uh, the Suns that could have taken him. Um, maybe even the Wizards, even though they'd already traded for Westbrook and had Beal, you could still take a Halliburton. He's definitely, I mean, I thought the Suns were a perfect fit for him just because even though you had CP3 and Devin Booker, CP3 is only going to be there for like two years. And he's, this year I know he's not shooting as much, but he's definitely not playing that well this year, um, at least in like the, his scoring output and just the way that he's looking. Uh, but just to have him, again, he's not someone who needs the ball, which I think – I think LaMelo, like, needs the ball in order to impact the game. It seems like he's a great passer, which helps. Like, he's not just a guy who's going to score and not do much else. He's a great passer, and he's a pretty good rebounder. I mean, he is, he's, like, 6'8", or whatever he is, but he's a pretty good rebounder for being a point guard. And I just think – I think Halliburton, when looking at it – and, again, this was the stuff that coming out of college that they said that he could play a really good defense. People said he really couldn't shoot. I think – if he just takes his shots at the right times and doesn't take that many, he he's a good shooter. Like he's showing, he's not shooting that much, but he's making them when he does, which I think is perfect. And playing with a guy like Fox, who I'm not sure if you think he's like going to be like a top 20 player, I'd say he's in that, you know, 30 range, maybe 40 range, something like that. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever get to top 20, which could hold back, you know, that team's potential if your best players in like the 30 range. Even though like, I think Halliburton's going to be amazing, I don't think he's going to be like a top 20 player, like a guy who's putting up like 25 points, you know, eight assists, five rebounds, someone I mean, I like him. If Halliburton gets to, he'll, I think Halliburton's potential is like a top 30 player. Yeah, I that think like, like a, 25 to 40 range around where De'Aaron Fox probably is right now. Yeah, that's what you, I think, too. If you could have them both, you know, like the 30th best player in the league, if they're both around there, maybe they both have if you get both of them to have career years in the same year, you, you could, could, could compete for. I mean, you know, you could definitely make the playoffs as like a four seed or a three seed. But uh, yeah. I mean, that's a few. That's at least a couple years down the road. We'll see. It's they're going to need more than just Halliburton and Fox for sure. Uh, I mean, I mean, if, if Marvin Bagley were to pan out, then that'd be amazing. But, I mean, that, that situation kind of seems like – It seems like it. if Bagley's panning out, it's probably not going to be in Sacramento. I, yeah. I would assume, at least. I mean, yeah. uh, we'll see, though. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not holding hope out for the Kings. Uh, it, so, I mean, my thing about LaMelo and, and Halliburton is, is it feels like if LaMelo wants to, like, win a championship or, you know, reach his potential, he's probably going to have to, like, be the guy or a number one on a championship team, just his play style. It feels like that. Maybe he could yeah. be a two, like a kite, like a Robin, but I mean, he's not going to be a three or he's not going to be like a distant two. He's have to be like a one A or one B. Uh, Halliburton, I mean, realistically could the way his play style is just, he's not, he's not going to be ball dominant for the most part, uh, especially if he knows his role. 
he could be a three on a team. He could be a four. He could be a five. I mean, he, you know, what I'm saying is, I mean, clearly Lamelo is a little bit more ball dominant. He needs the ball to be effective and at his best. Halliburton definitely doesn't have to be. Uh, I mean, Halliburton, I think right now he's shooting like 45% from three. Uh, he's probably not going to shoot 45% for three, you know, in his career, but again, like he can clearly shoot the ball and, you know, he's not, he's not the type where he's going to just take pull up threes, like, like a curry or anything like that. But, you know, if you get Halliburton playing smart and playing efficiently uh, and he develops his overall game more, I mean, he's going to be, again, he's going to be like a top 30 player that like you, he, there's no potential way having Halliburton on your team could damage your team compared to a Lamelo where, if the fit's not there and the chemistry is not there, then he's probably a detriment to your team rather than a success. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you were to put Halliburton on like any team in the NBA, it'd make their team better just because you're right. He doesn't need the ball to improve a team. Like I said, the defense, just his, his willingness to move without the ball and get open and get, uh, get other people open when he does have the ball. And it helps a lot while with LaMelo, if you were to put him on like all 30 teams, like with Halliburton, some teams would maybe work like bad teams that just don't have someone who's willing to control the ball or someone like that. While other teams, he just wouldn't fit at all. Like if you go to like the Warriors or something like that, I don't think he'd fit at all with that team. So yeah, I would definitely say like Halliburton seems like more of a winning player. Like if the team around him is better then if it's like a good team, like a playoff team, maybe like a five, six seed, if you were to put him on that team, he can make him a three, four seed. Maybe it's like a team that can actually compete for like a, final uh western conference finals appearance or something like that while Lamelo, like if he unless he improves his shooting ability which like we said he's shooting 30 percent from three i think he's shooting 40 percent from the field um if he just improves that by five percent each 45 percent from the field 35 from three and he's just better with the ball i think he's averaging three turnovers in 24 minutes that's not great um and the more minutes he plays those turners there's turnovers are going to go up and he's also not playing great defense that's part of the reason why he's not in those crunch time lineups so again he's a lot he's a lot more to improve but his ceiling's definitely higher than Halliburton's is but if he can reach that ceiling then there's no doubt that he's going to be a prob- most likely a top 20 player if he really reaches that ceiling it could be like top 10 possibly I think probably top 20 but I would say right now Halliburton's probably higher but again the ceiling is much higher for Lamelo. uh yeah, for sure. I mean, Lamelo and Tyrese, I mean, they're going to be definitely com- competing with maybe a couple others for rookie of the year. They're probably at least probably the two favorites right now. We'll see who wins that. I mean, we'll see who has a better career, but uh, we can move on to Bradley Beal and uh, we'll have some trade scenarios. I don't know if you've already crafted up some trade scenarios, if you want to talk specific teams. Uh, I mean, I know one team I was specifically thinking of, and I mean, this has been a team, probably like the front runner team, you know, when it comes to Bradley Beal trade scenarios for the past, ever since people have thought about having them traded. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, I mean, they have, it seems like they have an ideal package for Bradley Beal. I mean, you can give up a couple young players, uh, Michael Porter Jr., Bull Bull. I mean, I mean, you can throw a bunch of first round picks. If you threw Porter Jr., Bull, and I don't know, three first round picks, maybe more, maybe maybe between two to four first round picks. I mean, would the Wizards do that? I know they'd at least think about it. It's, it really would depend on what other teams are able to offer. But I mean, what are you thinking for, for, for Beal? And because clearly, I mean, we've, everybody has seen on the internet. I mean, if you even just take a second to go on Twitter, like there's all the photos of Beal just looking distraught. I mean, he's basically like looking like Deshaun Watson uh, and uh, on the Texans at this point. I mean, it looks like it's over for, for Beal and the Wizards. Uh, 
I guess at this point, I, I mean, I don't know if you would call the Westbrook trade a failure or not. This is kind of off topic, but because he was basically a one-to-one swap for, for wall, but clearly it's not working out there. And I don't even think it's necessarily Westbrook's fault, but they're not, the team's not working out. It's probably not going to make the playoffs. Beal clearly wants out. Uh, and I think if you're the wizards, it's, it's time to trade Beal for, for the most you can get. Cause you don't want to end up losing him for nothing or losing him for, for like 70 cents on the dollar. Yeah. I mean, a couple things before Bradley Beal, I mean, the team, you're right. I mean, the trade, like, I think if they had John Wall, they may not be this bad. I think they're 3-11, and 11, but they'd be bad. It's not like they'd make the playoffs with John Wall. So I can't really fault the trade. I think it was a move that you had to make for a guy who hadn't played in two years while someone who was coming off making all-NBA third team. So I think it's a move you had to make. But um, that, that aside, I mean, with Bradley Beal, I mean, the Nuggets, I've heard the Nuggets too. Um, I wouldn't – I'm not sure if they do it now. I'd – I think your your scenario you made there, I think, was too much. I don't think they'd give up that much for Bradley Beal. I mean, I don't know how much you think of Bradley Beal, but, like, he's definitely a really good player. He's definitely a top 20 player, but he's more towards the 20 than he is, like, the 10. So, and again, he's averaging 35 points this year. I think he's shooting 48% from the field and 36% from three. I mean, those are really good numbers, especially for the amount of shots that he's taking. And if you just look at the games that he's played recently, I think he's put up like 50 in almost every game. So what if we, I mean, what if we said it's Porter, Bull, and two for, and then and your next two first round picks unprotected? Is that too much to you? Because to me, I mean, if you're the Nuggets, if it's your own first two, two first round picks for the next two years, those are probably at the very least 20. I mean, yeah, no, I think that, I think it's a trade that – look, that may be the trade that, like, is something like that. I just don't know – at least looking from the Nuggets side, I don't know if Porter – like, I value – I would say I value Porter more than Beal just because of the ceiling that Porter has. I think we know what Bradley Beal is. He's a guy who can put up a lot of points. He could – he's not doing much else. He's not, like, assisting the ball or rebounding the ball. He's playing okay defense – but he could really score. I mean, that's what he does. And he clearly would make your team better. But if, if you could figure out Porter defensively, then he's, I mean, he, his ceiling is a top 20 player. It's he's, he could put up 25 points easy, shoot 40% from three, 50%. He's a, he'd be one of the best scorers in the NBA. And he's six, eight small forward doing that. I don't know. I just think if you can fix his defense just a little bit to the point where it's decent to where the offense just overweighs it by that much. I think Porter, again, that's what something that they'd have to talk about. If they don't think that they could change him, then I guess you would make the trade because having Murray, Beal, and Jokic with the rest of that team, that's a really good team. Um, are you going to a championship? Yeah, probably not. Maybe, but probably not. But Jokic, Murray, and Beal? I mean Murray, Murray hasn't played like he was last year. No, no. I mean he's not Which he's is not. that's always that's always the problem with him. He, sometimes he's really good and other times he just disappears. If he could play really good, then yes, I think they probably could, but even still it's tough. Yeah, I mean it depends on if you think the the big three of, of Jokic, Murray, and Beal gets you past the Lakers and the Clippers. To me, without Beal, I don't think the Nuggets are on the tier of the Clippers and the Lakers right now. I, I know no. the Nuggets just beat the Clippers, but I mean, the Clippers basically lost that series. I don't, I mean, yeah, the Nuggets won it, but the Clippers also lost it. So, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not really putting any stock into it. The Nuggets just don't have enough talent to compete with them really right now. Uh, I mean, obviously Jokic is a leading MVP candidate. He, I mean, there's a chance he might win it, but yeah, I mean, Murray is just, 
I mean, in the postseason, he looked like he might have been able to be a top 20 player. Again, like probably 20 uh, at his ceiling. But right now, he's he's, he's not going to be an all-star. Uh, he's not going to be what people hoped he could be. Uh, so, you know, we'll see on that. Porter, I mean, Porter is definitely interesting because, yes, I mean, he can he could probably be, if he reached his ceiling, a top 10 player in the league. Yeah. He's that good offensively. And if he was able to become above average defensively, I mean, he'd be even, even just average, even just average, but yeah, I mean, he, he has, he has the frame to be great defensively. So there's no excuses really. Uh, But again, you you never, I mean, he's played, you know, he's played basketball for a long time. We've, and not that we've seen a, a bunch of him or anything, but I have no, I'm not sure if the defensive thing's going to, if it's going to come or not. So that's something, you know, the Nuggets, like you said, the Nuggets front office is going to have to deal with, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't think, I don't think Porter bowl and two first round picks is too much. I think it, depending on what other teams offer, obviously it's, it might be the best that they can offer. Um, I mean, do you have any other teams in mind that would be wanting to trade? Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, I've been hearing one team, a lot and that's I mean that's the heat which I think is a pretty viable option I'd say I mean they have pieces to trade and they've always been looking to get I know they got Jimmy Butler but they've always been looking to get someone like whether it was Westbrook Harden um Beal now potentially get like Chris Paul Chris Paul yeah they're always they're always linked to someone it seemed like they were gonna get Chris Paul yeah uh when he was traded to OKC but I would say if it's not the Nuggets which again I've heard I've heard the heat more than the Nuggets but I'd say the Heat would probably be the best option. Again, they'd have to part ways with, you know, Tyler Hero, which I don't know how you think about him. I I don't think he's, like, that good. I think he's good on, like, a really good team that has other players. But, you know, if he's going to be put on a team where he's one of, like, top three or four players, then he's that your team's not going to be that good. I, mean, um, I, I think at best he's, like, a four on a championship winning team so yeah he's a guy who could he could be a starter or come off the bench and play starter minutes and he can give you like 14 15 points a night but you know that's if i have to trade that really to get Beal, it's something you just have to trade to get Beal. i mean it's yeah not... yeah you would have yeah you'd have to trade definitely i would say i think that he would they, i don't know exactly what they'd give up but you know i would say heroes definitely in that um you know a couple first round picks maybe two something like that and then another player maybe two more players so, so whatever that trade package is, if I'm the Heat and I don't have to give up, again, you're not going to give up Bam. You're not going to give up Butler. Um, so I'd say Hero is probably the guy you have to give up. And if I'm the Heat, I'm okay with doing that. I mean, if I'm the Heat, I'm definitely okay with giving yeah. up Hero. And, you know, even if you wanted to say three or four first-round picks, I would probably do that in a heartbeat for Beal. I mean, it makes you, again, a big three of Butler, Beal, and Adebayo. You know, is that going to win you a championship definitively? No, but, you know, we saw what the Heat did last year. If you had, if you had Beal on that team and you actually had your players healthy for the finals, that's probably a seven-game series, and there's a very solid chance that you actually win that series. So, uh, I mean, looking at the roster, I'd be – other than Hero, though, like, I mean, if you're the Nuggets – is there anybody else that I'm dying to trade for? Like, not really. I mean, I guess Hero, you know, Achua. I don't, you I mean, you probably don't want like a Drogic, really. No, no he's on a one year contract anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's probably like a Hero and Achua, two to three first round picks. To me, you know, and this is if the Nuggets are offering it, uh, you know, if the Nuggets do offer Bull Bull, Porter, and two first round picks. 
I mean, even one or zero at that point, I, I'd probably take it over the heat deal. That's just because I probably don't, I don't even necessarily value first round picks that much, but you, I mean, if you're a competitive competing team, you throw them in anyways. But yeah, to me, like I value Porter much more than like a hero and an Achua and however many picks you want to throw in. But again, I mean, that's just going to come down to other nuggets willing to do it. And, you know, if you are the wizards and your best offer is, we'll just say hero and three first round picks. I mean, I, at that point, I might as well just keep Beal unless yeah, he's to the yeah. point where it's like he just completely, completely wants out. And there's no, unless he like holds out like an Anthony Davis or something like that, where he just doesn't play. But well, one thing, I mean, he is the one who signed the contract extension, knowing that the team wasn't going to be that good. So in situations like this, I can't really say like everyone like, you know, feels bad for Beal that he's stuck in the situation. But I mean, he's the one who signed there. He was going to be a free agent. I think after this year, he was going to be a free agent. Now he signed for another two years. So I can't really, like, I, I, I have to blame him somewhat because he knew what he was getting into. It's like when Melo re-signed with the Knicks. Like, they knew, he knew that they weren't going to be that good. And he could have signed with someone else. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, the Cavs wanted him. I think it's when LeBron went back to the Cavs and stuff like that. So, like, other teams wanted him, and they were going to pay him maybe not the, the same money the Knicks were, but close enough to where – you know, he could have been on a way better team. And then we could be talking about Melo differently. But I would say Beal put himself in this situation. So I can't feel that bad for him. But, I mean, for for teams, I would say those two teams are probably, unless there's just someone else. I mean, people are saying the Lakers. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they could do that just with what they'd give up. But also, I mean, I have to look at their cap situation. I'm not really sure what it is. But it, it'd probably be somewhat tough. I mean, Beal's making – I think it's 34 million this year and then 37 next year so that's a lot of money to take on but the i would say between let's say the nuggets and he are the two teams that offer trades i would definitely take the nuggets offer i just don't know if the nuggets actually will because again if you add bradley beal are you going to win a championship that, that depends on murray playing up to his potential and then Jokic still playing at an mvp type level if that all can happen, then they definitely can, but I just don't know if it will. And then if you're the Heat, I think you have to make the trade if you're the Heat uh, because Beal is better than Hero, uh, clearly. So I think you'd have to if you're the Heat. I just don't know if the Wizards would take that deal. So I think it's honestly pretty tough to trade them. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I actually wanted to – if you're done with Beal, I wanted to talk about uh, an, another person that was potentially being traded, uh, Lonzo Ball. Um I mean, I just at least Lonzo Ball and the Pelicans right now. His there's just there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of young players on that team. His fits not really there. Uh, I know I, there was some potential suitors. I know they were talking about talking about the Warriors, uh, potentially the Clippers, potentially trading for him. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on on a Lonzo trade. If the Pelicans should trade Lonzo, if there's a team specifically that fits Lonzo well for me I mean I'm looking at the Clippers I think he'd be I mean he'd be somebody you'd look to pick up uh in the trade deadline I'm not exactly sure what you'd have to give up uh, if it's anything significant I probably wouldn't uh but you know the Clippers I mean at this point you're trying to get whatever you really can to to push the Lakers uh I mean the Lakers are definitely the favorites right now at least in my mind so you know, picking up Alonzo, who can be a core, core part of your rotation. If that's what, if I have to trade 
I mean, you don't really necessarily have a future to trade, but if you could land a trade for somebody like Lonzo, that would definitely help you against the Lakers in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on how you view Lonzo as a player. I'm not that high on him. I never was. And you could see it through his play. I mean, his shot's definitely better, but it's still not great. It's not like he's shooting, like, lights out or anything like that. Um, you're right. I think he's done in New Orleans. Like, I just don't think there's – there's just no fit there. I don't know if that's when uh, Van Gundy came in and he was just kind of the player that was left out, you know, of the – not like he's leaving out of the starting lineup or rotation or anything like that, but he's just the guy who's – just doesn't have a place to go um or if this was just destined to happen just because he hasn't improved i mean you know you're the number two pick in the draft and you have not improved at all and he's still really good defensively uh for a guard and he can still pass the ball he's great vision and he's a guy who can rebound the ball too but he just hasn't done anything offensively whether it's him not willing to shoot or he just doesn't have confidence i'm not sure it does seem like he just doesn't seem like he doesn't like shooting like scoring the ball i should say which that's clearly a problem because, you know, you're the point guard. I mean, most point guards score nowadays. They don't just pass the ball. So I think a team like the Clippers would be a great fit because he's like, that's that's a perfect fit for him because he's not going to have to score. He's not going to have to worry about it. He could just get assist, rebound, play really good defense. Uh, they have a really good defensive team there anyways. Obviously, you have Kawhi and Paul George who could score the ball. You have Ibaka who could also score. So I think that'd be a great fit. Uh, I'm not really sure what a trade package would be. Like, I'm not even really sure what he's worth. Not saying he's worth nothing, but I just don't know what it would even be. I haven't like looked into it or just wouldn't know what he's worth um, to a team. So I get, yeah, I mean, the I've heard the Clippers too. So I'd say they're probably the best team, but I don't know. Maybe another team tries to take him on as a reclamation project and see if he can actually be, you know, like a pretty good player. Yeah, I heard a couple of Warriors rumors out there, but again, like I'm not even, I'm not too sure on what the value would be on Lonzo. You know, if I'm the Clippers or the Warriors, I mean, if I if I had picks as the Clippers, maybe I'd throw them like a couple, maybe I'd throw them like a first. But, I mean, I'm not giving anything up significant, so clearly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Alonzo's uh, shooting like 38, 39% from the field, and he's shooting 30% from three. So, I know last year he was – yeah, his percentages were much better last year, and he was uh, much better from three last year. If he can – again, like if he was straight to the Clippers and he can just be a solid role player, he can pass the ball, see the court very well, play solid defense. He doesn't have to worry about necessarily scoring. And if he can just make the open shots and keep the defense honest about him on, and on the perimeter, I mean, he can easily be, you know, a sixth best player on a championship winning team, maybe even more than that, like a fifth best, but – yeah, I mean, we'll see on Lonzo, but that, I mean, as far as yeah, his, he's done on the Pelicans, it looks like they want to give um, Lewis and uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker more playing time. So, you know, we'll see if he gets traded or not, but yeah. Um, as far as trades are concerned, I don't really have anybody else really of significance. I know I know JJ Redick was also brought up in some more, uh, more trade suggestions. It just seems like it's an age thing. There's, he just doesn't fit. With the I think of the teams, poss- I mean, possibly a package. I mean, just kind of when you said JJ Redick, I mean, maybe the I don't think the Clippers would do this, but like Pat Bev and a first round pick for Lonzo and JJ Redick. You know, I don't know if they do that, but that's definitely something because Beverly and Ball are kind of the same. I mean, they're really good defensively, even though Pat Bev it's kind of skewed a little bit just because of some of the stuff, but you get a shooter and you get ball. You could kind of fill that role of Beverly. I don't think that's the worst trade in the world, but I just don't know if they do that. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if they do that. I'm not even sure if the Clippers, like, I'm not looking at their at their draft stock right now, but I don't even know if they have first-round picks to give up. Yeah, I mean, they traded a lot of them for Paul George. I mean, they traded basically for Kawhi and Paul George. So I think they gave up, like, I think it was four first-round picks or something, five first-round picks, something like that. Yeah, um, I know P.J. Tucker has been brought up in some trade uh, trade talks to, I mean, contending teams in uh, the Heat and the Nets. I mean, we'll see on that. I'm not going to give it too much time, but... uh. I mean, do you want to get into the into the all-star picks or? Um, yeah, I think one more name, which I don't know if it's been out there yet, but I think it's just one you saw like from the Harden trade. I think Drummond, uh, I'd kind of be surprised if he wasn't traded. Maybe they keep him, but if you have Allen uh, there, then you just assume Allen's going to be the starter. You could get off Drummond's money, which I think is $28 million, something like that. I know he's going to be a free agent, so whatever team trades for him, you're probably you're going to get a good amount, but not maybe as much because he's going to be a free agent. But I think that's a trade that probably will happen. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see. I mean, for as far as Drummond's concerned, it's just going to come down to: is there a contending team that has a need for somebody like Drummond? Off the top of my head, I'm not exactly sure, but I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, he's a center who he's playing really good this year, but you can't play him late in the game. So that hurts. That hurts his value. So it's definitely, I don't know. I don't know what team. It's a, it had to be a contending team that needs a big like that. Who's going to start? Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to go through the teams and see. Yeah, uh, we'll get into the all stars though. I mean, uh, we'll talk about. I guess we'll just start with East. Uh, I'll start with you know who I have as my starters. Um, I guess just to preface before I get into it, uh, these starters are who I have as the starters by the time the all-star game comes around. So, you know, like right now I'll, I'll just go first right now. I Wait, are we doing it? Are we doing it by position or just five starters? I was going to have my, I was just going to state my two guards and then the three front court on the East. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um, my first guard, I have Kyrie right now. I would, I would put Jalen Brown as a starter, but um, by the time, you know, we actually get to the all-star game. I mean, I think things will look slightly different. So you know, if you made me cast my final vote right now, uh, I think I'd probably have Irving and I think Irving will get in as the starter over Brown. I just think, I mean, with Tatum having been out for at least some of the season, uh, Brown's had a little bit more time to shine and not that Brown's doesn't deserve to be a starter. He definitely does. I mean, he's having a career year and he's going off, but I think as time goes on, it'll be more evident that Irving should probably get that spot over Brown. Uh, we'll see. I mean, who's, who's your first guard? It's also Kyrie. Um, I know he missed the seven games or whatever it was, but his numbers, I think he's averaging 27 points a game. Uh, he's going to be on one of the top teams if that, you know, that, if that matters, which it may not, but yeah, it's as long as he just doesn't miss any more games, I'd say he he's probably going to be the starter. Uh, I think I, I agree with you on Jalen Brown. He's having an amazing year, but as a starter, it's going to be tough for him to sneak in there, but uh, he, he's having a great year. Second guard. I have Beal. I'm, assuming yours is probably the same yeah uh front court to me it's super hard to have anything other than this uh i've got Giannis, i've got Embiid, and i've got durant it's exactly what i got yeah i mean it's just the it's so hard to fit anybody else in that front the, court. the only question is Giannis, but if you like that's just because his his expectations are so high but he's still averaging i think 27 11 and like six assists or something like that so yeah, it's and then obviously KD's having thirty points, and then Embiid's an MVP candidate. So it's pretty clear uh, what the front court is. Yeah, uh, I mean, for reserves, I guess I'll just 
list off my reserves and you, if you want to, if you have anything to say about them, just chime in. Uh, I mean, my first is, is Harden. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be an all-star. Uh, I don't know if you're, I'm assuming you're in the same boat. Uh, Sabonis is having, again, I mean, he's part of the reason how this, this Pacers team just gets so overlooked is Sabonis is, he's been an overlooked person ever since, I mean, ever since that initial trade for the Paul, for ever since the Paul George trade, I mean, he wasn't even named as like the the primary thing that they even traded for. And Oladipo was definitely mentioned before Sabonis. And then, you know, obviously off the bat, Oladipo looked a lot better than Sabonis. But I mean, now, I mean, Sabonis is clearly the better player. He's definitely going to be an all-star. Uh, I have Jalen Brown in as well as a, as a reserve. I've got Tobias Harris. I have... Trey Young, I have Colin Sexton, and I have Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I'd probably agree with those names. I'd say uh, Bam, you could probably throw Bam in there. Um, he's having a great year too. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, thinking of other names, I would say Bam's the first one that came to mind. It's definitely uh, ones that I mean, like, I, notable names I didn't put in would probably be Bam, Levine, Tatum and Simmons. Uh, I, mean, I, I would say Levine out of those four names. I mean, I again, I think Bam, but I would say Levine could be. It, it, it's going to be a tough case for him to be one. His numbers are great, but compared to the other guys, I don't know. It, it, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Also, I mean, there there's Brogdon, there's Middleton. I mean, they're not going to be in, but I guess, you know, on yeah. and we'll, we'll see. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure if Sexton will actually be an all-star. I still – I'm not exactly sure if he's I'm not exactly sure what this first 20 ish games really means for Sexton. Is he going to now be like a perennial all-star type of guy? I don't think so, but if he continues to play well, I mean, he'll probably get an all-star nod. Uh, I think Tatum still has a chance to be an all-star. He's missed. I forget exactly how many games he missed because of COVID, but he missed a solid amount of games from COVID. So you know, if he comes back and is healthy and he's, again, the best player on that team, if he is, uh, then you'd assume he'll also probably be an all-star. Uh, but, I mean, the East is as crowded as, it, as it's ever been, really, um, with yeah. how the free agency and trades have worked out over the past, you know, few years. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, if this was any other year in the past, probably, probably like five years. I mean, Tatum, Bam. Levine, Simmons, I mean, they're all probably like easy all-stars, but I mean, Harden, Durant coming over, the emergence of players like, again, like Sexton, Trey Young's new, it's it's shaken up the East all-star. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see on those. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you want to go over the West or? Yeah, I can start with the West. Um, so for the West, I have... Uh, I put it down where I put it down. Um, all right. So I have, uh, I've, it was kind of, it was between Steph Curry and Damian Lillard for who should start. Um, it's tough because I think they're really close for who should be the start. They're both going to, going to be all-stars, but I'm going to go with Steph over Lillard. I just think the year him coming back from basically missing all of last year uh, and then having the year that he's having so far and having, I mean, that team is not that good of a team and they're, I think they're 500 or maybe like a game under game over. That's pretty impressive considering they're just not that good of a team. So uh, 
and also you look at his numbers. So I I put I have Steph as my uh, starter. Yeah, I've also got I've also got Steph there as a starter. Yeah, uh, and then for my second guard spot, I have Luca. Um, he's not playing as good as you know, like I would have thought he would have been playing. Uh, he definitely started off really slow, but he's still averaging twenty-seven points, ten assists, and ten in uh, like nine and a half rebounds. So he's basically averaging a triple double. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's kind of clear why he's a starter. Yeah, actually, I put Dame here. Uh, maybe it's because the Giannis effects, where it's like the expectations are super high. I mean. I was expecting Luca to compete for MVP, if not win MVP. Uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I mean, he's shooting 28%, 30% from three. Uh, that's basically the reason why I kept him out of the starting lineup. So I've got, I've got Steph and Dane, but if you argue Luca, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bat an eye at it. I, I think it's definitely out of those three, you know, you pick two of them as your starter guards, but yeah, I mean, on, one of them has to not make it. So. Yeah. Uh, and then for my forwards, um, I have, I think two of them are really easy in that I have LeBron and then Nikola Jokic. I think those are obviously easy. I mean, they're both probably top three MVP candidates. Uh, and then for that last forward spot, I have, I have Kawhi Leonard, but I almost want to put like Paul George in there. because I actually think Paul George has been playing better, but I think Kawhi is going to get the starting spot over him but I think it's pretty close yeah I went Kawhi too uh I definitely think Paul George can make it in I, I don't think he will I mean Kawhi is he's you know at least to the general public and in in general he's the better player he's the best player on that team uh Paul George is you know I mean since they've been on the same team either he's clearly been the two so I would assume Kawhi gets in I still think Kawhi is the better player even though Paul George has had a had a pretty solid start to the year I think, you know, going into last year, uh, we people were like, you know, Paul George, he was an MVP candidate. Uh, he was, you know, a top 10 player last going into this year, we were probably both like, you know, George isn't there. He's probably like top 20, maybe. But I mean, I think George has clearly proved some doubters wrong, at least, you know, the bubble doubters. Uh, he's played much better since the bubble. I mean, it's it's all, it's almost like it's not even the same player. I'm not exactly sure what happened to, in the bubble to, to George, but I mean, if he can play like this in the playoffs, this Clippers team is, is, you know, really good, really good. If they've got two top 10 ish players. Yeah. Uh, and then for some reserves, um, some guys that I had, I had uh, Donovan Mitchell. I think he'll be there. Um, even though Anthony Davis's numbers aren't maybe as great as you'd think, I think he'd still be uh, an all-star this year. Um, other guys could be, again, Paul George, like I said before. Uh, Devin Booker, I'd say he's probably an all-star this year. Uh, CP3, probably not. DeAndre Eaton, probably not. Uh, just going through the Suns there. But um, I don't know. I'd say those guys. And then if McCollum, I don't know if – I guess McCollum's going to be out like too long of a time from not being an all-star, but if he wasn't injured, then CJ McCollum definitely would be an all-star. I'm pretty sure he was averaging 27 points per game. He was really their best player before he got injured. So I don't know if he'll get in because he's been injured, but I guess we'll have to see. But if he is, then uh, I have CJ McCollum. Um, anyone else? I, I, I can't really think yeah, of. I definitely agree with you on Davis Mitchell. If McCollum was not injured, yes. Uh, I've also got, I mean, 
I have Luke on my bench. You had him as your starter, but yeah, you have Lillard yeah. on the bench. And then I, yeah, I had Lillard on the bench. Yeah. I think Gobert is probably an All Star. Uh, Booker's probably an All Star. I think Shea might be an All Star. Uh, yeah. He, I think he probably will be. I mean, we'll see. Chris Paul again? Yeah, probably not. I think there's a chance Zion's an All Star. I don't think he'll get oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he might. I mean, actually, well, I don't know. I don't. Know. I. I, his, know, not, I mean, his I numbers are I, really good. They are. I still think there's a chance. I mean, let me let me get the 12. I mean, so it's Mitchell, yeah. the 12. Let me just get the for sure's out of the way. I mean, the starters, yes, we all got out of the way. Mitchell for sure. Either, I mean, for me, it's Doncic. For you, it's Lillard, but that's two. Same thing. Paul George is three. Anthony Davis, Davis is four. Yeah. So that's up to nine. Yeah, we have uh, three spots left on the bench. I'd say, I mean, yeah, counting those four is definite. I'd say Booker is going to be an all-star. I think it's, I don't know. I'd have Booker kinda... over, over Zion. Like, if I had to pick between the two for as an all-star, I'd, I'd, pick, I'd pick Booker so far. Yeah, I... I, I kind of forgot about Zion, and then you said him. I think he, I think he probably will be an All Star. I mean, he's putting up amazing numbers. It's going to be tough for him not to be. Like if uh, if a Gobert gets in over a Zion, that's I don't know. I don't I don't really like that. I think there's a chance. I mean, the the Jazz are the one seed in the West right now. If they continue to play like the one seed, I think yeah. it's tough that they're not that they don't have two All Stars. Uh, I mean, the Pelicans are what right now? I, I forget their exact record, but they're not even 500, right? So Yeah, no, the Pelicans are like 6 and 10 oh, or something. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think if the Jazz are the one seed, maybe the two or three, if they're, if they're competing record-wise with the, Pel- uh, with the Lakers and the Clippers and they both have two All-Stars, it'd be tough not to see, to see Mitchell and Gobert there. And Gobert is not a flashy player at all, but I would have Gobert there right now. So, I mean, we have the nine definites. We have Booker. Gobert, or for me, I have Booker and Gobert, so that'd be 10 11. You know, it, it Shea might be there, that would be one. I share Zion. I mean, we'll see. I think Zion probably managed again, and especially just because I mean, the fan vote is what 50% of the, of the all star game. It's something, it's I think it's maybe 33%. Like, I don't even know what they do anymore. I, yeah, I mean, but with fan vote, I just I mean, Zion's going to get so many votes, probably more than he yeah. deserves. So, well, I mean, I, I mean, looking at his numbers, I mean, he's averaging 24 points, seven and a half rebounds on 59% from the field. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty good. Let me, I mean, I, have, I mean, I have to his, defense, to... his defense isn't great. I mean, you can kind of expect that though. No one's really looking at that. Um, but, but I mean, for him to, you know, I mean, I know he doesn't really shoot the ball from like three or like mid range, anything like that, but he didn't shoot 60% and shoot that many shots i mean that's i mean that's pretty impressive yeah i mean it is i mean so if zion's in that would be that would be 12 for me so my 12 would be mitchell gobert Jokic, Doncic, lillard george Kawhi, steph lebron ad booker and there'd be one more. That would be Shea. Did I say? I didn't say Shea, right? Uh, I don't think so. So that would be 12 for me. Uh, being out of that would be McCollum. Jaw would be out. Brandon Ingram would be out. CP3 would be out. So those would probably be like the quote-unquote snubs. I mean, I think the only one you could legitimately argue would be like 
it would be McCollum for sure. You would argue that if he comes back early uh, and plays just as well, you could definitely argue that if jaw continues to play super well, I mean, jaw could be an all-star as well. Honestly, I'd have to, let me check his. Well, I think, I don't think McCollum's going to come back. I mean, the all-star, I don't know if they're playing a game or not, but it's set for February 14th. So I think voting probably ends maybe in a week or something like that. So I don't think McCollum's going to be able to come back. I think he's out for like a month or two, but it'll be he'll be interesting because his numbers are all-star worthy. I just don't know if his games played or like going to match that. And if that, you know, like, again, you said like each other half or 33% are fan vote, but then the others is NBA coaches and then the players, I think it is. So I don't know. It's It'll be interesting, interesting to see if he actually will be an all-star or not. Yeah, I mean – so Jaws only played, I mean, Jaws only played five games, but if the all-star game isn't for what another one with the all-star, I mean, I know, I know right now there isn't technically an all-star game. It'd I'm be, not sure. It was, I said February 14th. So basically two weeks. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be an all-star, but had he not been injured. Yeah. No, he's only played I mean, five games. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think mean, the East is much more, competitive honestly spots wise than the west like well when you lose like a harden um yeah. obviously durant so i mean you, you lose a couple people and that kind of messes everything up yeah i mean mccullum he's played 13 games so again better i mean better than job but still he's not going to play any more games i mean if i mean he's averaging voting 27 closed, points if the voting closed i don't know when would the voting close this I'm not sure. I think it's, it's. I mean, it's if, probably... it closes, if, if you get a if you get a week and a half to vote, ten more days. That's what, like four more games, maybe. I'm not, I mean, there's a chance you could. There's a chance you could argue McCollum over over Shea easily. I mean, you could easily make that argument, McCollum over Shea. Yeah, he uh, might have more games played, but I mean, McCollum's definitely been the better player. The Blazers have a much better record, I believe. Maybe not much better, but similar. definitely slightly better. It's pretty similar, but. Yeah, no, that's that's gonna be a tough one because I mean Shea's averaging twenty two points, five and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, fifty percent from the field and thirty eight percent from three, and also that team that team's not a good team and he's actually having them play pretty well. So yeah, I mean that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one too. Yeah, I mean we'll see what happens. Uh, so wait, so who do you have for your reserves again? Let me go back. Um... Because I guess we'll we'll check back and see. I guess because the, I think the East were basically the same on. So yeah. So West. Okay, we have the same starters, but my bench my bench is Mitchell, Shea, Gobert. Sorry, I'm skipping over the starters. Doncic, George, Booker, and Zion. That would complete my bench. That'd be twelve, including the starters. And then you, who you left off, who'd you leave off? McCollum's left off. Yeah. That's, that's basically all CP3's left off. Um, I mean, I think I that's basically it that from people that I've. Yeah, I guess. Brandon Ingram is not on my, is not on mine. Yeah. Christian Wood is not. Yeah. That, yeah. Christian Wood. Yeah, I actually, I didn't really think about Christian Wood. He could, I would say, I would say the two weakest, I agree with the five of your picks, obviously the four definites, and then I think Zion, I also think Zion's going to be an all-star too. 
I would say between Shea and Gobert, I think there's definitely questions. Again, if McCollum, if he's if he can get like based on the games that he's played, if it works out and he is an All Star, I don't have a problem with that. So it depends. Like if that is going to happen, then I have McCollum as an All Star. If not, I'd probably have Shea. And then, I mean, with Gobert, it's just so tough because like, like I know he's really good defensively. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I'm not arguing that, but it's just like like the points that he puts up. I know the impact he has on the team, but it's just tough to look at him and be like, and then you look at other guys who made better numbers and be like, you know, this guy's an all-star over him. I I don't know. It's just tough. I mean, he's averaging 13 points. I know he's, you know, 14 rebounds. He's obviously playing great defense, everything like that. But man, it's tough to put him over some other guys with better numbers. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see that to a certain extent. I know there's not necessarily the positions thing anymore, but if you wanted to, a supporting argument for Gobert would be if, you know, I mean, obviously Jokic you have as a center on the team. Gobert is that second center. As If you're not counting AD as a center, which I'd assume you wouldn't, those would be the two centers on the West. Not that that, not that that has any, that doesn't, I mean, that you don't have to have two centers. You don't even have to have one center on the all-star team anymore now. So, yeah. But, but yeah, I, mean, I mean, Gobert, uh, Gobert compared to Christian Wood. I mean, Christian Wood, 23 and a half points, 11 rebounds, 53% from the field, 35 from three. I mean, I don't know. Because when you said him, I, I I did forget him uh, about him. And then you also, said him, Kat and I was as well, like, by the way, but I don't think Cat's. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, no, nah, I don't think Cat's going to be an all star. Christian Wood definitely has a chance. Yeah, I think it's between. Get in over Gobert. I, mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he will. I think Gobert will be an all star, but. I would say those last two spots is Shea, Gobert, Wood, and then again McCollum. If like the game's play doesn't affect him that much, yeah, I I think McCollum has a chance too. Even though if he's, I mean, how many games will have? How many? What would be the maximum amount of games played? Like by the time the All Star game happens, I'm not exactly sure what it be. But if if McCollum's at sixty or seventy percent of those games played, I mean, there's you can definitely argue because his numbers are so much better, and he's had such a huge impact on that i mean he's i mean he again when they were playing when mccollum was playing he was arguably the best player on that team so and you know well, damien damien's a, a starter in some people's minds so yeah um it seems like the most games played has been 20 uh mccollum's only played 13 and then i'd say i don't know when voting stops but let's just say it's let's say they play five more games or six more games I mean, you let's can say. technically vote now so you could definitely have mccollum in as your vote right now yeah so I'd say, I mean, he'd probably miss like 10 to 15 games. I don't know. I, I think, I, I think he'll be able to, I don't think it will affect him that much. Um, I think the fans would definitely vote. It's more up to like the players than the coaches. Like if they think that, you know, based on since he got injured, like if he actually still is an all-star or not, I don't know. I think he is, but. You're talking about McCollum? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think there's a definite case. I mean, it's yeah, it's just going to completely come down to the games played. We'll see on it, but he definitely deserves to be. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's really it for All-Stars. So, yeah. I mean, I was I was looking at my, um, my preseason predictions, just um, like the standings, and uh, a lot of them are not, are not looking good right now. I mean, just quickly uh, – <laughs> I've got to, I've got to rebring the document up, but I mean, right off the bat, I know 100% that that Raptors prediction is, is absolutely atrocious and they've played slightly better recently They're, I still think they're going to make the playoffs, but they'll probably be as, you know, between the 
they'll probably be like a nine or 10 seed, maybe an eight seed or seven seed if they're lucky, but uh, the Mavericks are definitely still struggling. Uh, the Nuggets were struggling, but now they're looking a lot better. Uh, I, I think the Nuggets, they're probably, I mean, I predicted them as the one seed. They probably won't be that, but they'll probably be like a four seed, maybe a three. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I had the Jazz as a seven seed. I mean, they're right now they're the one seed. They've definitely exceeded expectations. I mean, they're just, they're a well-oiled machine. I mean, Mitchell, Gobert, that team works very well together. I don't think that they're the best team in the West, not even close, but I mean, they can definitely, if they play this one well regular season again, I mean, if they're the one seed, that's, that would be an incredible feat uh, in the Western conference against the Lakers and the Clippers and all these other great teams. So, yeah. Yeah. Looking at uh, mine, I mean, I think I would say the two, I mean, the one really bad one I had, I had the Rockets. I mean, that was, that was a, not a good pick when I had a pass thinking Harden's going to be there the entire year and not just completely throw away the games that he was playing in. So that was probably just bad prediction on my part, but um, yeah, I mean, I had the jazz at six. I think, I think there's still a good possibility that they are a five or six seed. Um, the nuggets, I mean, they start off really bad, but they're 11 and seven now and they're in the four seed. So I think they could easily get back to the one seed. Everything else in the West is kind of the same, like Warriors 7, Blazers 8, Suns 9, Pelicans 10. That's what I had. I mean, that kind of seems like that's what it's going to be. Uh, in the East, I mean, I'd say the one team that's re been really bad so far has been the Heat. They're 6-12. and 12. I have them as my five seed. Um, I had the Raptors as my six seed, and I knew I shouldn't have put them at the six seed because I didn't think they were that good. They may, they still may be able to get there. I mean, they're 7-11 and 11 now. Um and the sixth seed right now is Cleveland at nine, nine and nine. And I don't think anyone expects Cleveland to be the sixth seed. So I guess there's still maybe a possibility of them getting like a six or seven seed. Uh, and then I had the Wizards at seven. I mean, obviously that's not going to work. But I mean, other than like maybe three or four picks, I'd say all mine seem to be seem to be trending in the right direction. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, for as far as East and me, I mean, yeah, the Raptors are going to be much lower. The Heat, I had them as my four seed. Yeah, so. I had the Sixers as my sixth seed. That's pretty low. I mean, they're probably going to be anywhere between one to three, I'd assume. Uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, for the most part, everything's looking fine. I mean, I don't know. I did just list off three of the basically eight teams. So, <laughs> I mean, that's not the best, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. that's basically everything, unless you have anything else to say. No, I mean, that's it. That's, yeah, there's nothing really else. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, if you stayed to the end, thanks for watching, uh, drop a like or whatever, if this is on YouTube, uh, social media is everything in the description, Twitters, Instagrams, all that, uh, we'll be definitely covering the Super Bowl. uh, probably starting sometime Sunday or Monday, I'd assume. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for the Super Bowl. I think it's, I think this Super Bowl might end up being, it has the potential to be like the best Super Bowl ever. I mean, I don't know if it'll actually end up being that, but it's got that potential to be like a, a you know, an Eagles Patriots or an Eagles or I'm sorry, a Patriots Seahawks or Pats Falcons or, or like a Steelers Cardinals type of Super Bowl where it's just back and forth in a super exciting game all the way to the finish. Yeah, it's I don't definitely going to be. Blowout. I don't think it will be a blowout. I think there's a chance of a blowout. I don't think it'll happen, but I think there's definitely a chance because. And again, we'll talk about this next week, but the Bucks offense, they're really, they're really hit or miss. So, you know, it seems like they're, you know, been, they've been really good these last couple weeks, but there's always a couple times where they just do nothing offensively. So 
I guess we'll have to see, but I think it'll be a really good Super Bowl too. Yeah, I don't I mean, very, very quickly, it's it's Brady. I don't think Brady would ever let himself get blown out. I know that like kind of sounds stupid, but I don't think they'll get blown out. Uh, we'll see though. We'll see. I mean, he, every Super Bowl Brady's played has been down to the wire. So I feel like he could be except for maybe the Rams one, but even I feel though, like it, it could be almost exactly what happened uh, when they f- played in the regular season with the Chiefs like jumping out early and they're kind of controlling the game and then the, the Bucks come back and then, you know, maybe they come back and win. I think it'll kind of be like that if it's not close throughout the entire game. It could be. Uh, it's, again, I mean, it, there's no way Hill goes for 250 yards in two. No, points. no. I mean, not, not that. But I'm saying like I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs, if you look up, the Chiefs are up like 28-10. You know, something like that. Like, they're just up by two, by three possessions. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, if the Chiefs are able – whatever. We'll get into it, and we'll we'll pause it and get into it uh, next week. But uh, we'll be yeah. back around Sunday, Monday-ish. Uh, yeah.